Welcome to Biscuit Movies. Today I will present you a crime, drama, mystery film from 1995 titled Seven. Spoilers ahead. Watch out and take care. Monday. Detective David Mills begins working with William Somerset, who will retire in a week. The two detectives don't really see eye to eye. When Mills and Somerset arrive at the scene, an obese man is lying dead at the table. They are still not sure if it was a murder or not. When they notice that his legs and hands are tied with barbed wire, they are convinced that it was not a natural death. As Somerset meticulously continues to examine the body, Mills cannot stop babbling. Needing silence to think, Somerset tells Detective Mills to interview the neighbors while he works, implying that he is a nuisance. Later, as they drive, Mills expresses his dissatisfaction that Somerset had ordered him to go door to door. He feels that he is not appreciated and wants to be taken more seriously. According to the forensic examination, it is proven that the obese man was force-fed and died of overeating when the killer kicked him in the stomach and it burst. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a murder case. Somerset says that the obese man was fed for 12 hours and it makes no sense to waste so much time killing someone unless the act itself has a meaning. He is sure there will be a series of murders because there is no motive. The captain expresses his doubts, he just believes that someone wanted to torture the fat man. Somerset also thinks that this is not a good first assignment for Mills, who in turn is disappointed since it is not his first. The captain agrees with Somerset and reassigns Mills. Tuesday. Mills is not particularly amused in the morning and the building is flooded with reporters. An infamous defense attorney is murdered, greed, is written on the carpet, and his wife's picture has glasses painted on it. Somerset's name is already being scrubbed from his door and the captain enters and informs him of the recent murder in which greed was written in blood. He does not want Somerset to retire, he's too good at his job for that. He also says that plastic parts were found in the corpse of the fat man, which were fed to him. This information makes Somerset curious. He returns to the first crime scene and upon further investigation, he finds out where the plastic pieces came from and determines that the refrigerator has been moved. On the wall behind it there is a note from the killer. Next to the word gluttony written in Greece. He shows the captain the note that says, long is the way and hard that out of hell leads up to light. Somerset thus proves that this is only the beginning, for there are seven deadly sins, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, pride, lust and envy. He refuses to get involved in this because he is retiring in five days. At night he visits the library and looks for books on the seven deadly sins, while Mills takes a closer look at the photos of the crime scenes. Friendly as he is, Somerset writes a list for him and even makes copies of the most important clues. At dawn, he leaves a letter with clues on Mills' desk. Wednesday. Mills moves into Somerset's office and the two will work side by side until Somerset retires. The phone rings. Mills' wife, Tracy, wants to speak to Somerset. She invites him to dinner tonight. At dinner, the conversation shifts to marriage. Tracy does not understand why Somerset isn't married. 
Mills and Somerset agree that he is simply an unlikable person. After Somerset asks how they like it in the new apartment, things get quiet between the three. The whole apartment starts to shake and it turns out that it is above the subway. The realtor had forgotten to mention that it was a thing. Then Somerset can no longer keep his laughter to himself. A detective failed to notice such a thing when choosing an apartment. After dinner, Somerset and Mills talk about the case. Mills hands him a picture of a scale with a pound of flesh that the defense attorney had to cut off of himself, and a note the killer had left. They are stumped as to how the killer got in and out without leaving any evidence. Somerset notes that there is one thing they need to find and focus on. That's when Mills points out that the picture of the attorney's wife had glasses drawn on it. Somerset believes she either saw something or did not have the opportunity to do so yet, but this is their clue. Together they go to the attorney's wife and ask her about anything she notices about the pictures that is strange or out of place. She realizes that the painting in her husband's office is upside down. After meticulously examining the painting, they find nothing. When Mill starts to believe the killer is playing with them, Somerset finds fingerprints on the wall where it was hung. After contacting the fingerprint lab, they are shocked to see that the fingerprints are arranged as text, help me, while waiting for the fingerprints to match with someone, they discuss the importance of their job in the lobby. Somerset sums it up, we are collecting diamonds on a desert island, on the off chance we get rescued. Mills calls him out on his BS and says he saw Somerset get the buzz today. Thursday. There's a match on the fingerprints, but according to Somerset, it's not their suspect. Their killer has more purpose than just someone with mental illness. Accompanied by a SWAT team, they break into the apartment of the man whose fingerprints matched. He is the third victim, strapped to his own bed. When the detectives look at the photos the killer took, they find out that the man has been lying there for an entire year, perfectly representing the sin of sloth. On closer inspection it turns out that he is still alive. News photographer arrives shortly thereafter and Mills even wonders how they got here so quickly and shoes him away. News stations pay police to get information on hot cases. Unfortunately, it is not possible to question the victim because his brain is all mush and he had chewed off his tongue long ago. According to the doctor, he must have been in all kinds of pain until his arrival at the hospital. At night, Tracy calls Somerset and asks for a meeting. He is the only person she knows in this town and she just wants to talk to someone. Friday. In the morning, they meet at a diner. Tracy is concerned about living conditions and doesn't want to raise her child here. Somerset is not the right man for the job, but he tells her about the relationship he once had and gives her good advice. Back in the office, Mills is restless, worried about all the people out there. Why can they just sit here and wait for that lunatic to do it again? Somerset does not think the killer is crazy. Imagine the patience a man must have to tie someone up and keep them alive for a year, then cut off their hand, to plant fingerprints. Their serial killer is methodical, exacting, and, above all, patient. Mills disagrees and says something about a library card, which gives Somerset an idea. They visit the library, 
Thinking that the killer must have read one of these books, Somerset writes down the names of all them on the seven deadly sins. With Mill's money, Somerset pays a man from the FBI to give him information on people who have borrowed the books. Of course, Mills is not that amused by this, because it is illegal. They get their list and go through it. They find one name that stands out, John Doe. Mills is still upset when they arrive at Doe's door, not knowing what they are going to say to him. They notice a man standing with groceries in hand, who suddenly pulls out a gun and starts shooting. No one is hurt, but a chase ensues inside and outside the building. Mills does the best he can to follow. Eventually, the suspect manages to knock Mills down and he loses his gun. The suspect holds him at gunpoint. Mills mutters, no, to himself and the suspect leaves him alone and flees the scene. Back at Doe's door, Mills argues with Somerset about whether or not to enter by force. Somerset tries to explain to Mills that they do not have a warrant and no reason to be here because their information is illegal, but he is so angry that he breaks down the door. To make an excuse for why they are there and busting open someone else's door, Mills hires a bum to tell the officers that she found the guy suspicious and called the detectives. The detectives take a walk through Doe's apartment. It's dark, but there's a whole lot to see. Somerset even finds the spaghetti in cans and a hand used for fingerprints in a glass shelf. The last shelf contains a portrait of a woman. Mills discovers several photos of victims, while Somerset reads the killer's diaries and is suddenly called out by his partner. It turns out that the news photographer? Yeah, that was their serial killer. There's even another problem, their forensics team cannot find any fingerprints. While Somerset is quite relaxed and still reading the diaries, Mills again shows his nervous nature. F suddenly, Doe's phone rings. It is the suspect himself. He affirms his admiration for law enforcement agents and even apologizes to Mill for hurting him during the chase. Because of these events, he had to move up his schedule and assures them that they are in for a surprise. Saturday. The detectives get a tip from an SNM shop and get a photo of something Doe had ordered to be customly made. That's when they get word that a killing has occurred, and they head to the next crime scene. It's the sin of lust. The blonde is dead and a man is sitting, hysterical. At the station, while Mills is questioning the owner of the brothel, Somerset talks to the man found at the scene. He is panting and says that Doe forced him to do it at gunpoint. Somerset throws a photo of the custom-made strappin' Doe ordered. At the bar, the detectives talk about how to catch the killer. A philosophical conversation develops about the purpose of their work. We live in a world where it's easier to steal than to earn it, it's easier to beat a kid than to raise him, Somerset says that's the world they live in, and that's his reason to retire. Mills disagrees, saying he wants to believe in his ideals instead. At home, Somerset is restless, thinking about what Mills said. Sunday. The detectives arrive at their next crime scene, it is the sin of pride. The woman had two choices, call for help and be disfigured or take the pills and get out of her misery. On the way back to their office, 
Somerset says he wants to stay on duty for a few more days until they catch the killer, or if Doe gets to the seventh sin, this case will probably never be solved. While the two are in the precinct, John Doe follows them and catches the detective's attention. Doe speaks calmly with blood smeared on his shirt, while Mills shouts at him and makes him get on the ground. A member of the team puts him in handcuffs. While the suspect is talking to his lawyer the detectives argue about his reasons to turn himself in. They never found fingerprints because he had cut off his finger skin. He has no employment history or bank records. The only thing they know about Doe is that he is wealthy and well-educated. For the first time ever Mills and Somerset are as he calls it, in total agreement, it doesn't make sense to stop before completing the so-called masterpiece of the seven sins. Doe's lawyer negotiates with law enforcement officials. There are two more hidden bodies. Doe agrees to take them to the bodies at 6 p.m., but only the detectives, because he admires them. He threatens the detectives that he will plead insanity if they do not take him up on the offer. Otherwise, he will not only show them the bodies, but also write a full confession and plead guilty. Detectives agree to see it through. It's almost 6 p.m. The detectives wear wire and armor. The car in which three of them are driving is escorted by a helicopter. During the ride, Mills and Somerset talk with Doe. Somerset tries to find out more about Doe, but he says it's irrelevant. Mills still has doubts about whether or not he really wants to be led to the bodies. Doe enlightens him about his motives and promises Mills he'll find answers in the last act of his work. He doesn't deny that he has the pleasure of turning every sin against the sinner, but he is not insane. Doe loses his temper for the first time and Mills believes that the victims were innocent. In his eyes, people tolerate the deadly sins because of their triviality. He hopes that he can change this aspect with his example. In Mills' eyes, he is delusional. Doe says they will be remembered, but the only reason he is here is because he wanted to be caught. The only reason Mills is here is because he spared his life and Doe wants him to remember that for the rest of his life, or should he say for the rest of the life he allows him to have. The only one who actually remains calm, at least outwardly, is Somerset. According to Doe, they arrived at their destination. There is almost nothing there except high-voltage towers, a broken car, and an old trailer. Because of the power lines, the helicopters cannot follow them into the area. Mills gets Doe out of the car and cuffed, he leads the armored detectives into the field. At 7 p.m. a van appears suddenly. That's why Somerset runs to intercept it. The van stops and the driver gets out of it. He is a delivery guy and brings a package for Detective Mills. Somerset sends the driver away. He's not sure about it at first, but then he opens the box with his knife and is frightened by the contents. Doe starts talking about his admiration for Mills again. For his simple life and his pretty wife. Tracy. Mills is confused. Doe admits that he visited Tracy this morning and tried to play husband. It did not work, so he took a souvenir. Her head. Meanwhile, Somerset runs back to them and shouts to Mills to throw away his gun, 
who is still confused and wants to know what's going on and what's in the box. Doe admits that he too is a sinner and his sin is envy of Mills' ordinary life. Mills is angry, but continues to doubt Doe's words. Somerset explains that Doe's intention is to be killed by Mills. Doe wants Mills to seek vengeance on him, to become the sin of wrath. Doe further upsets him, saying that his wife begged for her life and the life of their baby. Mills begins to cry, still with the gun in his hand. It turns out that Mills didn't know his wife was pregnant. Somerset asks for the gun again, explaining that Doe can only win if Mills shoots him. In a moment of despair and anger, Mills shoots Doe. More than once, ultimately, completing Doe's master plan. Mills sits in the back of a police car, the captain says he will be taken care of. Hemingway once wrote that the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. Somerset agrees with the second part. The end. Thank you for listening, do share, hope you liked it. Have a great day.